Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday, Rosh Chodesh Elul. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
אולי יבוא עוד שנייה קטנה, ואז ימצא בית חם. עיניו נתקעות בשמיים, שוקע העם בהורים. הזמן דוחק כמה עוד יתרחק.
Reboy no shelo ilom, ani oideya. Shebe samigdosh hashlishi, Einoi bonui meyavoni, u bonui. Shukar Cheshelim Riboy Noi Shelo Ilom Kach Cheshelim Ya 
It's Avramo Avram Freed with Kach S. Shali. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that was Yaakov Shweki. Um, actually, the song, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, sung by Yaakov Shweki. Osim Tshuva for this month of Elul. I know, it's not Elul yet officially, but you get my point. Um, David Gabe, Die, done by Arivi Shwebel. Yibane, that was Isaac Honig. And, of course, Regesh, Modani, opening things up. And we say good morning. It's a Thursday on this August 20th of 2020. Uh, that's right. It's a Thursday morning broadcast. Today is uh, August the 20th. And uh, today is a big, big day in the extended Weintraub Siegel Markowitz family. Today's a really, really big day. As we wake up on this Thursday morning, today is the milestone birthday of Mrs. Gail Weintraub, the world's number one mother-in-law, as voted by the firm of uh, Markowitz Siegel. Yeah, she's been awarded the. Uh, I mean, this was years ago. She was awarded the title of world's number one mother, and there are a lot of mother-in-laws out there. It's not like she was in competition with five other people. There's millions or billions of mother-in-laws out there. So Mrs. Gail Weintraub, who hails from the Lower East Side of Manhattan, she's got a lot of family and friends, a lot of people who know her who tune into this show. Make sure to give her a call. Make sure if you see her on the street through your mask, you wish her a big happy birthday. Uh, make sure if you see her at any point between now and, I don't know, Russia Hashanah over the next few weeks, you uh, wish her the very best. A milestone birthday. I am... I had uh, I had sent a message, a video message that got included in the official birthday video last night. I sent a video message that I would not reveal uh, the number of the milestone birthday. It's hard to resist, frankly. It's so amazing and incredible that Bliyayin Hara Baruch Hashem, she's enjoying such a uh, a wonderful life at such a wonderful age that it's almost it, it's almost tempting to uh, let everyone in this audience know which milestone birthday she's celebrating. But I will resist. I'll keep my word. After all, it's on video. I made a pledge that I wouldn't do it. But anyway, happy milestone birthday to Mrs. Gail Weintraub, the world's number one mother-in-law. Uh, many people know her as uh, Mrs. Weintraub. Many people know her as Gail. Many people know her as Bobby. Many people know, well, not many, but a couple of people uh, a small, a small handful of people know her as mom, including me. And uh, we're wishing her the very best on this Thursday. I know we like to have fun, and we've had amazing fun with her over the last many, many years because she's been such an important part of the growth of this show and network over these many years. How many people could say that about their mother-in-law, that they've been import an important part of the growth and um, success of a show and of a network or any business you might be in or any effort or organization that you're part of? How many people get the privilege of, of saying that? And I could say it publicly that she's been one of our incredible volunteers and anybody who and somebody who do uh, anything to help the growth of uh, this show and this network. Um, so with all that in mind and with all the love and all the um, – Great wishes that all of us together, her children, her grandchildren, her family and friends, all of us together can give her, we say, happy birthday um, to Gail Weintraub, world's number one mother-in-law. Milestone birthday. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling I, I just, 
I, I hope I don't cave in. I said I wouldn't reveal the milestone number. I hope I don't cave in on this one. It could happen between now and nine. And actually, I'm doing a live lunch today. It could happen in the middle part of the day as well. <laughs> I, have a fe- <laughs> I have a feeling she's saying to herself, what's the big deal? <laughs> if you want to tell everybody if you want to tell everybody what number it is, just go ahead and tell her and tell them. But anyway, there you have it, JMDM audience. When you see uh, Mrs. Gail Weintraub anytime in the next few weeks, you wish her a, a big, big mazel tov and a happy birthday. And we say the same from all of us here at JM in the AM. Rosh Chodesh Elul, day number one of Rosh Chodesh Elul on this Thursday. That's right, day number one. It's a two-day Rosh Chodesh. Uh, make sure to uh, include all the all the additions, all the uh, traditional additions uh, for Rosh Chodesh, including Yalav and half Hallel and special Torah reading and uh, Musaf and Baruch Hinafshi. We'll start say we in the Ashkenazi community will start saying Ladavad Hashem Ori tonight at Mariv. I believe the Sephardic uh, custom will be tomorrow morning to start Ladavad Hashem Ori. Also tomorrow morning, everybody will start blowing shofar, uh, and that custom will continue all the way until every day that's not Shabbos until the uh, 17th, through, I should say, the 17th of September. On the 18th of September, which is Erev Rosh Hashanah, the custom is not to blow the shofar. And obviously, the first day of Rosh Hashanah this year, we will not blow the shofar at Shabbos. Uh, so it'll be a two-day break this year in terms of shofar. Uh, traditionally, Erev Rosh Hashanah is the one-day break when we don't uh, blow the shofar. Uh, but anyway, it all starts tomorrow, shofar blowing Sunday through Friday. It all starts tomorrow, and we, of course, will incorporate our very own chauffeur blowing here as well at the JM and the AM. It's one of the things we do. It's one of the things we do well, I must say. Our Baltokea, the guy who blows chauffeur for us, has never faltered, I don't think. I don't think he's ever had one of those episodes where it was difficult for him. Yeah, I better say Bliyad Hara. Who knows what's going to happen now with that recording. <laughs> but I don't think he's ever had a problem. In terms of uh, getting the uh, the proper chauffeur sounds out there, um, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A and H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, and now you can enjoy a ten percent discount at kosherdogs.net when you use promo code radio. Kosherdogs.net when you use promo code radio. Check it out and enjoy. Uh, all right, plenty more coming up. You're listening to a Thursday morning Rosh Chodesh edition of JM in the AM. This is Aish, volume number three. Tell us when will you return to your holy city? And restore your throne to Yerushalayim. Ki mechakim, And who else but your precious children? Would still be waiting and waiting and waiting for you. 
For so very many years Mahosai Mahosai Tim Leich With loyalty and patience Through the sorrow and the tears Mahosai Tim Leich B'Tzioi And we're so hopeful for that day You have never lost our trust B'Koroi V'Yomeheinu And should you choose to keep us waiting We'll keep asking if we must. Masaitim leich betziyoy
Words from Hallel. Yeshiva Boys. Ma'ashiv, the official name of that selection. Before that, Shlomo Kalbach Zehayom, also from Hallel, which we say today, half Hallel for Rosh Chodesh Elul. Miami had Pitchuli, Dudi Nafler had Kiva Simcha. You heard Masai done by Aish from volume number three. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web at NachumSingle.com, the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Thursday morning, first day of a two-day Rosh Chodesh. We'll start blowing show for tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents. He joins us 7.40 a.m. tomorrow morning here at JMN for the weekly update. Harry Rothenberg, Rabbi Yudin, all on Parsha Shoftim tomorrow, of course, on a Rosh Chodesh Elul morning. What else do we got going on? Rabbi Howard's going to join us from the OU in the 8 o'clock hour this morning. Robert Katz from Ohel in the 7 o'clock hour. Plenty happening on a Thursday, plus our big contest coming up. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Galei Tzal, החשד לאונס קבוצתי באילת. ראש הממשלה נתניהו אומר כי האונס הקבוצתי של בת 16 במלון הוא לא רק פשע נגד הנערה, אלא פשע נגד האנושות, כלשונו. שר הבריאות יולי אדלשטיין אמר כי יוקם מוקד לטיפול בקורבנות תקיפה מינית בבית החולים יוספטל באילת. רמי שני כתבנו שמע אותו בביקור במרכז הרפואי אסותא. מדובר כאן בהתפוררות טוטלית. של כל הערכים שעליהם בנויה החברה שלנו. לכן עלינו להוקיע את כל המשתתפים במעשה הנורא הזה. לאחר מעקב גלי צה"ל הושג פתרון תקציבי שימנע את סגירת תוכנית הילה לנוער בסיכון. מדווח כתבנו לענייני חינוך, דורון קדוש. משרדי החינוך והאוצר סיכמו על הקצאת סכום של מיליארד ומאה וחמישים מיליון שקלים, שיוסטו מתקציבים שלא בוצעו באופן מלא ומבלי לחרוג ממגבלת ההוצאה. הכספים יאפשרו את המשך הפעלת תוכנית היל"ה לנוער בסיכון, וכן תוכניות נוספות של חינוך משלים כמו קרב ומילת. אלפי נערים שכמעט ונזרקו לרחוב יוכלו לחזור ללימודים כרגיל ב-1 בספטמבר. ובשלטון המקומי מאיימים להשבית את הלימודים אם לא יימצא תקציב להפעלת הצהרונים ולהוספת כיתות לימוד. בהודעה שפרסמה הנהלת השלטון המקומי, נכתב כי העברת התקציבים לתוכניות הנוער בסיכון היא צעד בכיוון הנכון, אך אינה מספיקה כדי לפתוח את הלימודים ב-1 בספטמבר. אחרי עצירת תוכנית החלת הריבונות, בכירים בליכוד מותחים ביקורת על ראש הממשלה נתניהו, ואומרים, ההתיישבות לא בראש מעייניו. הפרטים בדיווח של כתבתנו המדינית, מוריה אסרף וולברג. לאחר ההסכמה הישראלית לוותר בשלב הזה על הריבונות, בכירים בליכוד תוקפים את ראש הממשלה וטוענים כי ענייני ההתיישבות לא נמצאים בראש מעייניו, וכשכן, זה רק מטעמים פוליטיים. ממפלגת הליכוד נמסר בתגובה, כל חברי הליכוד יודעים שאין מי שפעל ופועל לטובת ההתיישבות והריבונות. כמו ראש הממשלה נתניהו, הוא הביא את הנושא לתוכנית השלום האמריקנית, הוא מחויב לריבונות, והיא נשארה על הפרק. תושב ניר דוד נעצר בחשד שניקב צמיגים של מכוניות שבעליהן הגיעו לקיבוץ כדי לסחוט בנחל האסי. מדווח כתבנו בצפון גיא ורון. המשטרה איתרה את תושב הקיבוץ בן 50 בחשד שביום ראשון חתך צמיגים של שתי מכוניות. החקירה החלה בעקבות תלונה של שני צעירים מבית שאן ועפולה שגילו את הפגיעה ברכבים שלהם, אותם השאירו בשטח חקלאי סמוך לקיבוץ. הרקע לאירוע הוא המאבק סביב הגישה למי הנחל שעובר בניר דוד. החשוד נחקר אתמול ושוחרר למעצר בית.
מקיבוץ ניר דוד נמסר בתגובה כי הם מגנים את המעשה ועושים מאמץ להרגעת הרוחות. ואזהרת רחצה בכמה מנחלי הצפון. משרד הבריאות והמשרד להגנת הסביבה איתרו רמות זיהום חריגות בדגימות מים. הרחצה במסלולים בנחלי זקי, גלבון, ג'ילבון, משושים וצלמון ובנהר הירדן מגשר החמישה עד מיצד עטרת עלולה להיות מסוכנת. תחזית מזג האוויר לסוף השבוע, מחר צפויה התקררות קלה בשבת ללא שינוי. אלה החדשות שעורכת ענבל אלבז. בחסות ביה. Yeah, you shall love me Yeah, you shall love me 
Paduscha, it's a song from uh, Baruch Levine here at JM. They have Ellie Beer before that with Milich Snigun. You heard Meheira done by David Lowy. Hello, hello. 18 minutes after the hour, it's JM in the AM for a Thursday. It is Rosh Chodesh Elul. Today is the first day of Rosh Chodesh Elul. We'll start blowing show for tomorrow. Uh, first day of Rosh Chodesh Elul. Uh, you have Yala Yavo. Yala Yavo. I'll get it all out. Don't worry. Uh, Yalavi Avo's uh, half Hallel special Torah reading. 
Mosaf Barchinafshin, whatever your custom calls for on a Rosh Chodesh morning. Tomorrow we'll start saying Eladavad Hashem Ori, meaning in the Ashkenazi community tonight at Mariv. And uh, tomorrow we'll start blowing shofar everywhere around the world uh, between now and uh, the day before Erev Rosh Hashanah. Except on Shabbos, of course. 66 degrees, sunny and a high of 82. Clouds tonight, low 68. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high of 87. Yerushalayim right now at 85. We're at 66 in New York. Hello, hello. Greetings to all of you around the world. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Uh, this listener says, please give a shout out to Hannah Levine and Label Mangle who are getting married tonight in Cincinnati. Mazel tov, mazel tov to the mishpacha, especially Rabbi Yisrael and Leah Levine, Mordastra of Chabad of Oak Park, California. So to um, Cincinnati and to California and to everybody celebrating out there, uh, we say mazel tov to the Levine and Mangle families from all of us here at JM in the, in the AM. Uh, they want a wedding medley of some of the greats in their honor. Hmm. Let's see what we could do. Let's see what we could do for that. Punch in our uh, put punch in our <laughs> punch in our wedding medley <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, search engines. Oh, hey, how do you like that? That's funny. We punched it in. And something did pop up. So we'll do that next for the Hassan and Kala here at JMM. A medley coming from uh, Avram Freed. Boy, oh boy, talk about being able to take care of things right away. That's pretty cool. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, our home single network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Aaron's Casino Farms, casinofarms.com, Aaron's Casino Farms of Queens, Aaron's West Orange, Aaron's West Orange. Dot com Aaron's uh, uh, West Orange of New Jersey. They are sponsoring our August contest. Thursday, as you know, is a big day. We have a contest coming up 40 minutes from now at 8 a.m. We have one coming up at 12 noon. And I strongly suggest you listen into the live lunch today and possibly even later this morning at JM and the AM. We're going to start going through the list of items that are part of the big major gift basket that's being given away at the end of of August, at the very end of August, and over the weekend, you'll see how to join that contest, how to enter that contest. Uh, but at the end of August, there's going to be one massive prize that's going to be given away in celebration of this whole month of giveaways, courtesy of Aaron's Casino Farms and Aaron's West Orange. So I strongly suggest you pay careful attention to what's going on here uh, during the live lunch and uh, possibly again during JM and the AM, because not only will we go through the list, we will also uh, tell people how to enter, how to become part of this big contest, which will culminate with the uh, amazing giveaway coming up at the end of August. All right. Rosh Chodesh morning here at JM in the AM. Tomorrow, of course, our weekly update. Make sure to join us when Malcolm Holmline analyzes the news for us. 7.40 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow here at JM in the AM. We'll speak to Robert Katz coming up. Ohel has a big golf outing. It's happening. Yeah, believe it or not, you could have a golf outing during these times, Baruch Hashem. If you're looking for a job or know somebody who is, get us your resume ASAP, please. Uh, it's resume at NahumSiegel.com. Pretty easy, right? Resume at NahumSiegel.com. That's how you would do it. Oh, and speaking of app comments, uh, Avraham F. wishes everybody a Chodesh Tov, as do we. On this Rosh Chodesh morning, you know, tomorrow we'll start blowing shofar and we talk about the, and the numbers reflected. I mean, we have had such a massive audience buildup during this whole COVID epidemic. 
Um, obviously, people are you know who can't go to shul and can't go to weddings and can't go to dinners and you know might in general be you know a little bit lonely, wherever the case may be. They turn to us as a community every single day uh, to join in with members of the Jewish community around the world and be part of a greater community, something that's hard to do during COVID. And um, one of the things we're going to provide, as we do every single year, is chauffeur blowing. Uh, chauffeur blowing here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Um, you know, symbolically, you'll uh, experience what so many people are experiencing in shul, which is the blowing of the chauffeur during the month of Elul. So that'll start tomorrow right here. And keep that in mind as we uh, continue to do whatever we can for the community to feel part of things, especially those who unfortunately do not feel part of things at this time. You know, yesterday we mentioned that um, there is a Beth Gold Samler Memorial Israel Scholarship that's been set up by NCSY. Um, uh, Beth's parents, uh, the great Barry and Carol Gold Samler and NCSY, have launched a Beth Gold Samler Memorial Israel Scholarship awarded annually to New Jersey NCSY public school teens planning for a year of Torah study in the land of Israel. And, I mean, we said this yesterday that, uh, you know, we, we knew that there would be some effort uh, by NCSY to name an appropriate program or an, an appropriate uh, scholarship after Beth. And sure enough, this is quite appropriate. Um, the scholarship connects Beth's passions of Torah, Israel, and the NCSY public school teens who will choose these life-changing experiences and build a Jewish home and legacy in uh, in Beth's name. So we are encouraging people to give. A lot of people in our audience have already gotten a... Um, an email about it, about the Beth Gold Samlin Memorial Israel Scholarship. If you do not have the link, if you're having trouble finding the link, or if you don't have the email, just email me, nachum at nachumsegel.com. I'll be more than happy to send you the link, how you can participate in memory of such a special lady and um, help her parents and NCSY build this uh, scholarship fund to the point where they could send a lot of kids to Israel, please God, once uh, once travel to Israel becomes normal again. It should be speedily in our days, please, God. That's for sure. All right, for the Hassan and Kala that we mentioned earlier, we have this medley. And again, I want to wish a mazel tov to Mrs. Gail Weintraub. That's right. World's number one mother-in-law is celebrating a milestone birthday today. When you see her at all, today, tomorrow, over Shabbos, uh, the next couple of weeks, make sure to mention to her uh, that she gets a big, big birthday wish a big mazel tov. Again, Gail Weintraub, happy birthday to you, Mom. A, a milestone birthday today. And we say mazel tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Here's Avremo for the wedding medley for that Hassan and Kala we mentioned at JM in the AM. <laughs>
J.M. in the A.M. As we continue here on a uh, Thursday morning. That was the wedding medley that we did uh, from Avram Freed. With a shout out to uh, Hannah and Label who are getting married tonight in Cincinnati in Mazel Tov. To the entire family, as we said, according to this message on the app, it says, especially Rabbi Yisrael and Leah Levine, the Murad Asher of Chabad of Oak Park, California. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, we got a message that we were having technical problems, but uh, it seems that we're not. It seems that we are, uh, that we're okay and fine. Yeah, I think we're on. Uh, anyway, <laughs> JM and the AM on a Thursday, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Uh, I'll tell you, live radio, there's nothing like it, even after 37 years. Um, someone someone uh, contacted me this week. They're doing an article about the start of different interesting people's careers. Like, what was it like at the beginning? How'd you get into it, sort of? And I told them I'm celebrating, I'm about to celebrate next month my 37th anniversary here at JM and the AM. And I, I told them what it was like, you know, not even at JM and the AM, but it was like at, at Yeshiva University when I started on their radio station up at YU. And um, it was really, it was quite a conversation. I was talking about episodes that happened about 40 years ago. Just amazing. Anyway, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We say, Hashem, return us to you, and we will be returned. 
Chadeshomenu Kikedem, renew our days as they were in the olden times. The question is, what does it mean, Hashivenu Hashem Hashem, return us to you, and we will be returned. Of course, if Hashem returns us to Him, then we will be returned. What is the deeper meaning of these words? The answer is that many times an individual has done something wrong. They have gone a little bit off, and they realize that it's difficult for them to do tshuva. They realize that to change their ways, to get used to a different way of life, it'll be difficult. They'll have to become accustomed to something new, and they're afraid they may not be matzliach, they might not be successful. At that moment, we learn in Chazal that an individual should reach up, no matter what they've done, no matter what they've gone through, no matter what is their past, they should reach out to Hashem. Because if Hashem would not help each and every one of us, we will never be able to prevail against those powers that try to get us to do wrong. It's because Hashem constantly helps us and we have siyata dishmaya. So there, we learn that in the case of tshuva, a person might think, it's all on me. I'm the one that has to return. If I have the power to do it, good. If I can change, good. If I can't, so I might as well accept my lot and be stuck wherever I'm at. Therefore we learn, Hashiveinu Hashem Elecha. We call out to Hashem. We realize we need Hashem's help. Hashem is waiting as an all-loving Father to give us that to give us the divine assistance to help us to return. And then, when a person reaches out and they ask Hashem for help, Vinashuva, Hashem will certainly help us to return and make sure that everything that we need, all the things that we have done that need to be rectified, will be taken care of. Every person is promised. When we do tshuva, Hashem will accept it. Even if an individual only does a little bit tshuva, like it says in Medrash Shira Shirim, open for me the opening, the size of the eye of a needle, Bani Eftach Lochem, and Hashem says, I'll open for you an opening the size of a great hall. On Rosh Chodesh Elul, each of us, you and I, have the chance to do Tshuva Shalema. Hashem Yisbarach is waiting for us. All He's asking is for that small opening, just the size of an eye of a needle. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day and a good Chodesh. Thank you very much, Rabbi Goldwasser. And, uh, yeah, great words for Rosh Chodesh Elul, to say the least. Not that Rabbi Goldwasser needs my uh, my endorsement. Uh, and this is the uh, the time when generally we would play the uh, show for blowing, which starts tomorrow after Rabbi Goldwasser's words. And tomorrow, since Rabbi Goldwasser is not with us, at some point between 7.30 and 7.45 Eastern time, we should get it on and have the uh, show for blowing. And uh, it's uh, Rosh Chodesh Elul, all the traditional editions for Rosh Chodesh, including Yalav Yavo and Half Hallel and special Torah reading, Musaf, Bar Chinafshi, whatever your custom calls for, uh, Rosh Chodesh today and Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Well, before I uh, introduce Robert Katz, my wonderful friend who is uh, going to help me 
promote an event. Believe it or not, there's an actual real event going on from OHEL, not Zoom and not teleconference, uh, a real event that people get to go to, which is most welcome, that's for sure, during these times. Uh, you know, we, we, talk about, uh, we talk about the differences during COVID, uh, and obviously one of the differences is the way we have you know, our wedding celebrations, but um, one of the things it's done is it's made the crowd smaller and it's forced a lot of wedding celebrations outdoors. And sometimes you get just the uh, perfect night where that combination makes for a just a, a beautiful and incredible wedding. And this week, uh, a Robert's uh, Robert's son Joey got married to Rachel, and uh, I was privileged to be there at the beautiful ceremony at one of those lovely outdoor, incredible locations. And uh, it was just fantastic to celebrate. As I said earlier in the week, you know, for us, a JM name Simcha means two things. Number one, we get to celebrate together, which is amazing as we continue to see this uh, large radio family grow even more. And uh, the second thing is it reminds us just how uh, old we are and how long we know each other. (laughs) I guess there's a benefit to that, I would assume. Robert Katz, Mazal Tov, and welcome back to JM in the AM. 41 years now, thank you very much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Most people would find that hard to believe, but both you and I can confirm it, that's for sure. And mazel tov, mazel tov to Rachel and Joey, what a beautiful celebration. Thank you. I, I know you said it was a beautiful night with beautiful weather, but we could have had a hailstorm and I wouldn't have noticed it would have been beautiful. <laughs> there, so. That's the right attitude. That's a beautiful thing to say, especially as people are, are continuing to uh, make... Uh, uh, make uh, celebrations now at this time. It's a really good perspective. Well, R- Robert, of course, is a chief development officer over at OHEL. And when I noticed that there's an actual real event that people are going to, and Kane Yearboo, as we say, we hope that we are going to be able to have, you know, events, safe events, you know, coming up and popping up on the calendar, in addition to all these Zoom and conference calls and teleconference events. Uh, it's a day of golf and tennis to support OHEL's COVID mental health initiative happening at the Fresh Meadow Country Club in Lake Success, New York, uh, co-chaired by many people who have been involved in these types of uh, events for OHEL in the past, a really, really great committee. Uh, there'll be golf and tennis lessons available, so even the beginners can feel that, uh, that they can participate. And, um, and of course, all the golf and all the tennis and all the dining is going to be in accordance with local governance laws and in compliance with all CDC health and safety guidelines. Obviously, all of us try, or at least I would hope, we all try to you know, run events that adhere to the guidelines. Obviously, OHEL takes them very, very seriously. So, uh, Robert, this is, uh, this is coming up this coming Monday, and I guess, I, I don't know, is there any room? Can people still register? I'm assuming there's plenty of room for people to still be sponsors of the event. What about actually being at the event this coming Monday? Actually, actually, a few things. Uh, first of all, no, there's not plenty of room, believe it or not. Well, um, but more importantly, uh, you're, you're talking about COVID and everything that we're dealing with, so I'm here to tell you that the event is not taking place at Fresh Meadow Country Club. Oh, sorry. Instead, no, no, it's fine. Instead, we had to pivot, and we have found an incredibly beautiful home at the Alpine Country Club in Bergen County, New Jersey. Got it. So if if you go to ohelgolfclassic.org, ohelgolfclassic.org, you will see all the information about signing up for our Rosemill Healthcare Golf and Tennis Classic in Alpine, New Jersey. 
and um, we clearly uh, found a very good situation there in Alpine and are happy to be there this year in New Jersey. Uh, you know, we, we serve well over 100 families in New Jersey, um, and um, you talk about the summertime, Camp Kaylee, almost 200 children every summer come to us from New Jersey, so we certainly have plenty of friends in New Jersey. And um, by the way, I, I think it's the perfect way to do chuva is to go out and play golf and tennis. On <laughs> uh, by the way, I get a uh, I get a pass because with our personal simcha that's uh, that's about to happen. Please God, we're up to our fifth location, so I, I get a pa- <laughs> I get a pass when it comes to not knowing that you were on a, a an already an alternate location. Again, the golf and tennis uh, uh, event is happening for OL at the Alpine Country Club in Bergen County this Monday ohelgolfclassic.org. Now, you said there's not many, but are there any spaces? Can a golfer or a tennis player, you know, wake up this morning and decide to join you on Monday? Yes, they can, Nahum Siegel. And the beautiful thing about a golf and tennis outing is they are the two perfect sports for social distancing. Yeah, that's true. And, and unless you're living in a bubble and are an NBA player who won't be seeing his family for uh, several weeks, um, or hockey player. Um, and if you're not in a bubble, really, tennis and golf are the only two sports that you can play right. with with uh, with confidence. Right. Um, I also note that Robert Goldwasser, in his words, said that all we're looking for really is is the smallest opening of the tiniest hole as we approach Chodesh Elu. And of course, our golfers are ready to be challenged by finding that tiniest of holes at the end of the long <laughs> par four. <laughs> Some of them hoping for a hole in one, actually. <laughs> well, I, I, Rabbi Goldwasser, I want to hear him talk about what a hole in one means. <laughs> that would be interesting. But we actually, we actually have over, uh, I think the number as of last night was 108 golfers. Wow. That's uh, amazing. 14 t- yeah, and fourteen tennis players. Nice. So that leaves us that leaves us really with maybe six more spots for tennis and maybe twenty more spots for golf, and then we are sold out. All right, last minute people, you know what you gotta do. Ohelgolfclassic.org is this coming Monday in Bergen County again. Ohelgolfclassic.org is the address. Go there. You do have space. There is limited space, as you just heard Robert say, uh, to join in. And Robert, in a minute, we'll tell people how they could support this, even if they're not going to be there on Monday. And look, we've gotten a taste uh, through conversations with some of the great people at OHEL over the last few months. We've gotten a taste uh, over what uh, about what OHEL has been doing and how, uh, on a daily basis, they've been there uh, for people during this COVID situation. We talk about an OHEL COVID mental health initiative. That's just one part of what they've done for people during COVID, but since Monday's event is sponsoring and supporting that specific initiative, let's talk for a minute why it's so important for people everywhere to support the OHEL COVID mental health initiative. What can you tell us? You know, it's interesting because I I don't consider myself a big mask guy. Uh, You know, give me the blue mask, give me the white mask. And, you know, when I walked down at Joey's wedding, Rachel's wedding, of course I wore a satin black mask, mask, but, um, I saw a couple of weeks ago that at OHEL they were distributing masks that they had made specially for the uh, employees. Right. Um, and it was meant for the daily service providers and people on the front lines of OHEL 
uh, working with the clients and working with people out there. And the mask had the Oh Hill logo on it, and it said, Heroes Work Here. Yep. And I said, okay, that's a mask I can wear, and I can wear proudly because I've seen it for myself. I've seen people in action. I've seen the Mesirat Nefesh, the going the extra step. Uh, I've seen the fact that throughout Passover, throughout Pesach, throughout Shavuos, um, and throughout the summer, um, you know, our staff are not with their families. They're with the Ohel families. Um, and, and they're going the extra mile to make sure that our clients are taken care of, and they're going to make sure that the mental health needs of our most vulnerable people in our Jewish community are met. Of course, we all have mental health needs right now, every yep. one of us. Yep. Uh, imagine what it's like for already being vulnerable. You know, if you are, um, if you are at risk, uh, 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 you know, and you are told not to go to a minyan, you are a quote-unquote, a, 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 a normal uh, state of living in New Jersey, in New York, you know, many people are still afraid to go out, and 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 many and, and they don't have the challenges that our clients do. When you add on the clients, the clients and the challenges that they have, um, it, it's a very scary world. And there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the front lines. Extra time, extra hours put in, very late nights, very early mornings, um, and so um, you know the amount of um, of uh, equipment that we need to buy to protect our clients, to protect ourselves. Um, and we don't get money from the government, believe it or not, for any of this, because we're too big an organization. And it's a fascinating conversation to have about how the very, the smaller businesses... We've, we say this at OHEL, the Los Angeles Lakers <clears throat> got an SBA loan and got money for PPP from the government, but OHEL couldn't. <laughs> wow, interesting. Yeah. That is, so, that is an interesting there, conversation, frankly. There are no provisions. There are no provisions for large nonprofits. And so um, because OHEL has 1,300 staff, we don't come anywhere nearing the uh, maximum of 500 allowable for these loans and for these grants coming from the government. And, um, you know, uh, we, 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 we have to get by and scrape by week by week. Um, yes, losing money and events like these are critical for us to be able to, um, you know, remain afloat and remain vibrant and continue to help serve people um, and, and the regular person, too. I mean, you know, Dr. Norman Blumenthal and Sidney Ryder, you know, have been out there um, on, on, on Zoom with Sarah Zoom with all kinds of advice, with all kinds of live webinars. Um, and, um, and I have a feeling, and I think everyone knows very well, that as we begin to open the schools in the next couple of weeks, um, plenty of schools in the tri-state area and in your listening audience um, have already turned to us for help and guidance in terms of how to prepare um, uh, kids for returning to school and how to deal with situations that are going to be uh, probably out of the norm um, as we start uh, you know, school year 2021. The uh, the event Monday is again in support of OHEL's COVID mental health initiative, and not that they need our sympathy, but your and and of course everybody on the entire planet has been stretched thin in terms of responsibilities and dealing with the difficulties of this whole era. Uh, but uh, n- no different from what your staff has done. I mean, Dr. Blumenthal has has described this to us. You know, you, they're very busy. The people on the front lines with the mental health initiative generally are really really busy 
you know, practically 24 hours a day. And now, with all the other factors that have come into people's lives because of COVID, you know, they it's just nonstop. I mean, it, it, it is unique problems to this situation, and it's nonstop problems that need to be solved in this situation. So, again, they don't need our sympathy. We know they're pros, and they, you know, they're committed to this. But people should realize that this is a service that's being provided to the community 24 hours a day at this point. Well, we, we, you know, I, I think the commu- I'd love for the community to understand that, you know, besides just pivoting, an organization like OHEL needs to be light on its feet. Um, we need to be able to um, really take a look from 40,000 feet and say, okay, what can we do different now? How can we take what we've got and modify things? A great example is the beautiful campus that we have up in Wurtsboro, New York, known as Camp Cayley. Right. Now, of course, there were no sleepaway camps allowed in the state of New York this year. Right. But what we did do was we put a call out to all our clients and some camp, you know, the Camp Cayley uh, 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 special uh, uh, needs uh, uh, children and their families, and we said, come up for a week. We said, come from Monday to Thursday. Um, there'll be one-on-one service provision um, for the uh, children and adults with special needs, Smart. and on top of that, and on top of that, the families could come with them. And as we speak, there are 25 families up there now, and each week there are 20 to 25 families registered for programming um, uh, on their own. They get respite for for three or four days while their child, who's atypical is getting special one-on-one attention. So until the end of August, until school starts, families can still come up to Camp Cayley, spend Monday through Thursday um, swimming, boating, um, you know, playing tennis, uh, three meals a day, um, getting the respite that they so desperately need and are going to need going into the new school year, um, and their children get a, a real breath of fresh air. You know, in Hebrew, Hebrew has some beautiful words. To me, the most beautiful word in Hebrew um, is nofesh. Mm. Um, nofesh means respite. Right. And nofesh is a combination of the words chofesh hanefesh, freedom of the soul. And that's what we try to provide at OHEL. Um, and that's just one of the ways that those golfing and playing tennis with us on Monday are going to help support OHEL by helping other people um, have 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 the ability to participate in these programs and um, to to have some nofesh, um, some respite in their lives. Uh, shout out to the co-chairs of the event Monday: David Brescher, Yossi Eisenberger, Mendy and Kiki Haas, uh, Mendy Schreiber, Yaakov Zachter, Ben Englander, Izzy Kaufman, Jonathan Marks, Michelle Solzberger. I'm sure there are many others involved. I'm reading the ones that were on the uh, official flyer, the initial flyers, the golf and tennis event to support OL's COVID mental health initiative happening this Monday at the Alpine Country Club in Bergen County, New Jersey. Go to ohelgolfclassic.org if you want to play golf or tennis this coming Monday. ohelgolfclassic.org to support the OHEL Rosemill Healthcare Golf and Tennis Classic. And, Robert, the final thing is there is something people could do literally from the comfort of their own home and that is support this effort on Monday. Is there a special donate page um, uh, that's affiliated with the event? Should they go to a general OHEL page? What should people do if they want to be part of what will hopefully be a big, big success on Monday? Uh, OHELGolfClassic.org is the website to go to uh, to, simply to, do- to simply donate to OHEL um, and, and help us um, in all our efforts as we service the Jewish community and those less fortunate, the foster children, 
um, the women in domestic, in domestic violence shelters, um, and all the heavy lifting that I always talk about here on the air yep. that OHEL does for our community it would be ohelfamily.org backslash donate. Um, I have to tell you that, that people have been very generous, Nahum. Good. And, and, as, and as difficult as times are, as difficult as times are, and let's face it, with Rosh Hashanah coming up, right. I really do believe, and I do have faith in our community, that the words Utshuva, Utfila, Utstaka, Ma'avirinit, Roa, Akzera, I really do think that this year we're all going to take it very, very seriously, and we're all going to do everything we can to support the less fortunate right here in our own home communities. Very nice. Uh, Monday's event, everybody. If you want to be part of it, ohelgolfclassic.org. If you want to support it, support the tennis players and golfers. We're going to be there on Monday, ohelgolfclassic.org, and, of course, ohelfamily.org for all general information. You'll be able to make it for the barbecue, correct? What time, is that, what time does that start? <laughs> That's the important part of the schedule. Well, please join us. I, I realize that you're very busy for your own wedding, and, and, of course, we all look forward to that amazing simpler. But uh, the barbecue starts at 1230 on the course. And uh, there are golf course carts that are available to escort you onto the courts. So- <laughs> this, has become, this has become an even more enticing invitation, I must say. You have, you have no idea how, how lucky you are to have Ohel on the air right now with you. Um, so um, there's even some swag we could, you know, you know, pass along. <laughs> And so, <laughs> Anything else you want to toss into the pot while, well, while you're considering this invitation? In front, of, uh, in front of your thousands of listeners right now, I, 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 let's stop right there. But, <laughs> but know that, um, you know, um, I, I know you're used to making the commute with your family to the Teaneck area anyway. Um, Demarest, which is where Alpine Country Club is located, is not far at all from Teaneck. And... Um, it's a hop, skip, and a jump, and uh, we'd love to see you. Well, it would be an honor to be part of a successful event for OHEL. Robert Katz, he's the uh, he's the uh, Chief Development Officer, of course, at OHEL. Thank you, Robert. Mazal tov again, and uh, continue the amazing work. Chodesh tov to everybody, and thank you for all all of you who have supported OHEL in the past and will continue to do so in the future. Golfers and tennis players, Monday, Alpine Country Club. I very often, these events are sold out a few days before. So the fact that there's still some slots available, take advantage if you want to pay, play golf and and uh, and um, and play tennis. Ohelgolfclassic.org. And if you're sitting in the comfort of your own home, we're begging you uh, to consider supporting the uh, event because it's a good one and supporting an amazing initiative over at Ohel as they continue to, uh, to service our community. Uh, always, but through this crisis especially. Five minutes before 8 o'clock. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. <laughs> Avinu 
Thursday morning, JM in the AM, 8 o'clock in the morning. You know what that means. Our friends at Aaron's Casino, that was Mordecai Shapiro, by the way. Our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms and Aaron's West Orange, Aaron's Casino Farms in Queens, casinofarms.com, Aaron's West Orange in New Jersey, aaronswestorange.com. They are sponsoring our uh, 5781 Season 9 kickoff during the month of August, culminating at the end of August with a massive, massive prize. You'll have instructions over the weekend on how to uh, enter that contest. Uh, but every Thursday, and sometimes other days as well, every Thursday we're giving away something to get everybody into the mood for that uh, massive contest at the end of the month. So right now, it's emailer number 10, emailer number 10 to the following email address, win at NahumSiegel.com. Win at NahumSiegel.com. If you're the 10th emailer, uh, you'll get the Target gift card. That's right, it's a Target gift card for this morning. Um, so email now. Good luck, and Avrami will let us know who the winner is. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Again, it's emailer number 10, win at NahumSiegel.com. Rabbi Moshe Hauer is going to be joining us. The OU has released a um, set of guidelines for the high holidays, plus they're involved in getting people prepared for the high holidays if they're leading services. All of that coming up in the 8 o'clock hour at JM in the AM.
ikke borre vel med kender Tar om det bas, det vinder hovedet hasken Kåre jakt og gurra, nå sa han hva hen Lier meg smøyslim, det kreftet meg vel Og med leier, med sier, med fikker med naika I Norge sier han, med kalla vei land Se meg ting til teisang, med sass i med vejen I Norge sier jeg, har det tar meg kalla i land
Good song for Chodesh Elul, huh? Micha Gammerman off the Inscribed album with Solachti. Before that, you heard the uh, Melech selection. Done by Michal Przansky here at JM in the AM. Ben Sion Schenker in there with Tovim Maoros and Betseis Yisrael in honor of uh, Half Hallel today. Mona Rosenblum also with Betseis Yisrael. Eitan Katz had Orech Yamim and Avinu was done by Mordechai Shapiro. It's Thursday, Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM. All the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh. Yalaviavo, Half Hallel, special Torah reading. Mosef, Barachinavshin, whatever your custom calls for on a Rosh Chodesh morning. Tomorrow we'll... Uh, Continue uh, the annual tradition of blowing the chauffeur, which we'll do uh, Fridays between 7.30 and 7.45, generally Sunday through Thursday after Rabbi Goldwasser's words, uh, just after 7.30. It's been our tradition here for many, many years. And this year especially, we uh, and our numbers certainly um, back this up, we have had a uh, major spike during COVID of listenership around the world, and we know why, because people are craving, not able to go to shul very often, not very not being able to go to dinners, weddings, events, etc. Uh, people are craving community, and uh, sure enough, uh, we are certainly filling that void, uh, a meeting place for everybody every single day. Uh, but I mention that because the chauffeur blowing is part of that. I know over the years, many people have depended 
on our show for blowing. They're not able to make it to shul in the morning during Elul, and they depend on our show for blowing to get them in the mood for the high holidays. So that, again, starts tomorrow community-wide, worldwide, and obviously here at JM in the AM. Rabbi Moshe Hauer, the executive vice president at the OU, is with us live via telephone on this very topic of the high holidays and getting closer and closer to the uh, Yomim Tovim, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. Yeah, toss Sukkis in there as well. Why not? Uh, the OU has announced high holiday guidance for synagogues in light of COVID-19. In addition, they've launched a Baal boot camp to train prayer leaders because this year a lot of synagogues are going to be splitting up into different minyanim, uh, different offerings around or in their synagogue, depending on what their, you know, what their configuration is. And uh, they need people to lead services, quite obviously. Rabbi Moshe Hauer, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Guten Chodesh. Thank you. Guten Chodesh, great to speak to you. You know what's interesting about the OU's high holiday guidance for synagogues in light of COVID-19 is that the OU might be one of the only uh, national organizations that has a constituency, thank God, not, not, not condemning or belittling other uh, uh, segments of the community, making a point to, to laud the efforts of the OU and its synagogues, that take these guidelines very seriously. You know that there are portions of our community that unfortunately a little, are a little bit more lackadaisical when it comes to following uh, strict directives, um, uh, when it comes to synagogue life, um, and, there, um, and, and there are certain uh, uh, synagogues that take it very seriously. And it seems that the OU shuls, and I hope you can verify this based on your conversations with leaders of OU synagogues around the country, take these guidelines very seriously and understand that a tremendous panel of halachic decisors are considering a lot of very sensitive questions in preparing these guidelines. What can you tell us about the guidelines overall and about the reaction to them? Uh, the, the guidelines set out a framework for shuls, and I, uh, I, I would say that there are many, 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 many shuls of all kinds across the country and across the world that are adhering to these guidelines and to guidelines like this. Uh, they're, 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 and I wouldn't you know, divide it so readily, uh, but we, Baruch Hashem, we have certainly in the, in the, in the OU shuls that are in touch with us on a regular basis, they were very interested for us to be able to provide them with some kind of a framework, which these guidelines hopefully do provide. Uh, the, 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 uh, if one would want to divide it up broadly, we would divide the guidelines into two, into two pieces, equally important. Uh, one part is to, to help the, the shuls plan for a safe and meaningful Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. As you alluded in your in your own words, Nachum, many shuls have to divide up. Right. They have to divide up the minyanim because the need to for social distancing, the maximum capacities which are allowed with, within their buildings, uh, mean that you, you can't have a full sanctuary. You can't have a full besaknesis. And shuls which are accustomed to being full, they have to figure out where to, where to put everybody. And so we walk through uh, the the alternatives that are there for shuls to pursue, whether finding additional venues, uh, different rooms within a building, outside spaces, which we encourage 
shuls when possible to offer an outside space because there are many people who will prefer that and there's there's certain medical advantages to the ventilation that's offered only in, in an outside space so one is alternative venues and the other which is going to be necessary which is necessary for many who have even limits on their outdoor spaces is to have sequential minyanim a shorter than usual Rosh Hashanah service Right. where there's room to be able to have a minion followed by another minion. And I would note that there are two reasons that they need it. Sometimes they need it because of space issues. And an additional consideration is that uh, most shuls, and I shouldn't say most shuls, many shuls, uh, traditionally on, on Yom Noraim, create some kind of a child care situation mm. so that both, fa- both father and mother are able to daven right. in shul. And this year... Though some shuls will be able to do it, fewer shuls will be able to do it. Far fewer shuls will be able to do it, and there will be many parents, even if the shul offers it, who will be more hesitant to send their child into a into a into the whatever the child care right. program is. That's not necessarily their their usual their child's usual cluster, and so father and mother should both have the opportunity for the special inspiration of of davening of Rosh Hashanah and the special opportunity of davening of Rosh Hashanah. So to be able to have an earlier minion and a later minion that allows one to take care of the children while the other one is davening b'tzibur is also a consideration. Right. So that's one one realm. The other realm, which I'll just say very quickly, and then whatever you want to ask, of course, uh, is also guiding communities as to how to take care of and to address the needs of the people who aren't able to come to shul. Right. We have more, more than usual people who can't come to shul, and that's equally the responsibility of the community to make sure that we give them some meaningful association with the tzibur, with the community, and an opportunity to experience Rosh Hashanah in a meaningful way. And that's beyond just hearing, making sure they hear shofar on Sunday. You're, you're saying to, to, to do your best to... Get them as involved as possible, both before Yontav and, if possible, on Yontav itself as well. Um, Rabbi Moshe Howard's with us. I, I think there's one other factor, by the way, and I notice this as I continue to go to different events, especially to weddings out there. Um, I, I, I think that there's a um, – it, it's not just that people are it, – it's not just that we officially, because of the, God forbid, spread of the disease, are looking to shorten service. Obviously, that's a – Good consideration, obviously. We want you know people to be as safe as possible. But I think psychologically, as people are, are at events or as people are gathered, even with the social distancing, are gathered with, with others, they become more and more eerily uncomfortable as the event drags on. And, and I think just for the psychological well-being of everybody – you know, showing everyone that we are trying to accommodate and be efficient with the service and, you know, and not spend extra time. And, you know, that I, I think that's important psychologically as well as people are still in this state of adjusting to life when they're surrounded again with social distancing, et cetera, with tens or with hundreds of people. That, that's, a, that's, that's an interesting consideration. It's, of course, less hard and fast, but it's, it's out there. It's a possibility. And nothing, if I could add something of a similar ilk, is that there are those who would say that they either become too uncomfortable or they become too comfortable. Right. And the, the, right. the ability to stay in the place and keep their mask on their nose and mouth and stay within, you know, stay with six feet of social distancing, to do that for two hours, for three hours, okay, right. start it when it gets more than three hours, it gets harder. Right. You know, everybody's different. Right. Uh, it's, it's, 
it's not clear. Right. You, but these are all the sort of the invisible arguments that surround right. how to how to do this right. Right. You go to a wedding, the first half hour is much different than the last half hour in terms of how people are interacting, no question about it. And I and I think that would be like that for any type of event, even even the more organized and and subdued event. Uh, like Tfila. And by the way, we should mention, I, 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 I've lauded, I'm with you on the air uh, uh, earlier and, uh, and, and at other times when I'm just speaking about you know, the OU's guidelines, I've lauded the halachic decisors, Rav Schechter and others who are so important in the decisions that, that go into these guidelines. And, and we should note that, that not everything is unique to 2020. You know, we, we do wonder, we do wonder, and we want halachic guidance about w- whether one can be, you know, Yotze Megillas Esther on Zoom. I get that. That's a question that didn't exist 100 years ago. But a lot of questions, you know, have a lot of precedents that need s- serious halachic analysis, not just by today's standards, but what's been done over the last, you know, few hundred years. And, and I think chauffeur is a perfect example. You know, the question of whether a chauffeur can be blown near an open window or or if a chauffeur can be blown and the outside of the chauffeur, not the mouth covering, but the outer covering, you know, the outer hole rather can be covered. The, these questions have been asked for hundreds of years. So we should we should note and remind people that today's halachic decisors are not always reinventing the wheel based on stuff that's come up only for this generation. A lot of these questions have been considered by Postkim for centuries. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, in... In this, this there are unique applications, like a situation like this, which is uh, which is so uh, unprecedented for us in memory. But um, but at the same time, yes, as you're right, that's the, the that's the task of the postic is to take the eternal principles and to apply, apply them to the you know, you know, reality. you know, you know, Rabbi Howard. This may sound silly, but it was comforting. When I started hearing at the beginning of the COVID, I, I, I assume that this was around Pesach time when a lot of serious psak came out uh, in terms of how to handle, you know, the Seder and the three-day yontif and the elderly and those with, you know, who, who you thought would be mentally challenged during, you know, the, the isolation period, etc. I mean, there were so many questions. It, there was a comfort in knowing that, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago, there were really serious postgame who dealt with Epidemics and Yom Kippur, epidemics and Pesach, epidemics and you know, and, and real halachic questions. And I think there was a certain comfort again because we kept thinking like, you know, all this is unprecedented. These are you know, twenty twenty is so different than than you know, even a hundred years ago at the last pandemic in a you know, in America, or last last one that was as serious as this one. Uh, and and I think it was comforting to the community knowing that really great rabbis that we've studied and heard about, you know, in school who, who, who helped, uh, you know, guide communities of ours over the last many hundred years dealt with these questions in the past. I'm with you hundred percent. That letter of Rabbi Akiva Eger yep. with a discussion of social distancing and crowding that could have been written in 2020 wasn't. <laughs> and what about the uh, whole? And what about the? Relevant. And what about the whole question of eating on Yom Kippur during the pandemic? I don't know what year that was, but where serious halachic decisors really, you know, thought long and hard about whether certain members or any member of the community should be fasting on a day like that. I mean, imagine how serious. As we get closer to yeah. Yom Kippur now, right? We're we're essentially uh, 40 days away. Imagine how serious a question that was. That was not a, you know, should we be a little bit more lackadaisical on the second day yuntiv of a three-day yuntiv because certain people have certain needs. We're talking about, you know, 
does the does the medical condition of the community as a whole call for an adjustment to our Yom Kippur observance? That's pretty remarkable. It, it, it was remarkable. It is remarkable. Uh, it's important uh, to, to note that you know, Bli Ayin Hara, with God's help, the way our current pandemic situation is going, right. we are uh, postcom our, our our counseling prevention that shouldn't require uh, those kinds of measures for Yom Kippur. Right. But yes, it is. It, uh, there, there were times which were yeah. different, where 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 the, where the pandemic was even more rampant and harder to escape. Yeah, look, we made it through. T- we made it through Tisha B'Av, thank God. Rabbi Moshe Howard is with us. And, and by the way, again, I need you to help me with this because there are too many people in our community who are so lax, and and leaders in our community who are so lax. You know, if if these are the questions that are being asked, if if people, you know in our history have thought about, you know, uh, have thought about, I'm not poskening here, have thought about whether someone should be eating on Yom Kippur during a pandemic. It, it shows us the attitude we need to have when it comes to the value of life, right? We always talk about the enemy, you know, who blows themselves up, you know, have, have they, you know, don't care about life and look at us, thank God, you know, we, we're just the opposite. You know, we, we have this tremendous value of life. We need to demonstrate that. We need to for, not not only for the Kiddush Hashem Chil Hashem aspect. We need to demonstrate that even if there's only a half a percent chance of transmission of this thing, we need to wear our masks and we need to be socially distant and we need to be aware of this and we need not to be mocked when we're reminding people in our communities because uh, I'm sure Jewish leaders in certain communities are being mocked for it. We need to t- if we're going to consider these types of halachic shilas. Then we need to, you know, show and demonstrate that we really do ha- have a desire to make sure this thing is not transmitted further in our community. I- I'm sure you agree with me. I just, I just think that this point needs to be hammered home sometimes to members of our community. Look, uh, the 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 different attitudes or approaches of uh, of different people and different uh, leaders uh, towards situations are are there. They're there in, in many situations, many places. I, I am not comfortable for myself assuming the position of critiquing somebody else's position. What I am comfortable doing is advancing the position which, which our postkin, the postkin that we have turned to, have encouraged us to, to move forward. And certainly in, it includes everything that you said. It includes the, the importance of not letting down our guard, of continuing with the masking, which has been now so, so significantly yeah. recognized as a, as, as, as a great factor. Right. Maybe the, yes, maybe I, the I agree, people who are doing that should not be, heaven forbid, should not be mocked, should not be discouraged. There are so many people who individually have told me that uh, I would want to do it, but they feel uh, a certain pressure, they're embarrassed to maintain standards, which they would really want to maintain for safety. And they shouldn't be embarrassed, they should be proud. But what can you tell them? They feel it. I think as a society, if a person feels that for whatever reason, which, I, again, it's not a position which I would advance or understand right. anything different, but how could, they, how could they create a situation where someone else who wants to be cautious, who wants to be careful, should in any which way feel discouraged? I think we should encourage, we should advance what we feel is the, is the safe way, and uh, just you know, full speed ahead that way. Create the environments, the shuls, uh, the situations where people could daven 
safely where we feel according to the best guidance that we have that they could have safely and have a meaningful and positive Russia Shaman. Here's, here's where I laud you and the OU. There, there are 16 steps to these guidelines, and I recommend everyone go to OU.org. You can see them in detail. Uh, they're called Guidance for Shuls for Yamim Noroyan, meaning High Holidays, presented by the OU and the RCA. You can find it online, I'm sure, at OU.org. The initial paragraph, by and large, our shuls have been models of compliance with public health recommendations. Thank God. This is profoundly inspiring and represents a true Kiddush Hashem and, and here's the line I want to emphasize, an affirmation of our choosing life, a value cherished by the Melech Chafetz Bachayim, the king who desires life. Rabbi Howard, we're going to be standing literally in front of that king, the Melech Chafetz Bachayim, with those words, saying those words to him and describing him in that fashion. Uh, let's demonstrate that we mean it when we say that we want life, not just life because we want our life extended and we want our uh, our righteous deeds to be you know weighed positively against uh, against our misdeeds, but we want life because we've demonstrated God that we really, really have proven during this pandemic that we're acting in a way where we want life. Uh, in addition to the compliance, the seating plans, the outreach to members, as Rabbi Howard alluded to earlier, the how to deal with the different minyanim and multiple minyanim, the choices that need to be made in terms of rov am and, and what should and should not be included in tefillah uh, in, in the service. I spoke with a rabbi yesterday who was struggling with this question, and, and again, he, he was depending on the comfort of the congregation, the fact that he had a really large sanctuary with a relatively smaller number of people, so he, you know, he felt that that davening did not have to be altered as much as others might have to. Again, that's something that the rabbis have to consider. Um, and, of course, the shofar is an issue which is addressed in this, the Torah reading and how, how that should go, uh, crowding situations, how to deal with singles and elderly in the community, children's programming, as you discussed, and, of course, divrei Torah. Again, rabbis, I think, are being very careful. Some feel that they can eliminate a public presentation. Uh, they, they, they have no need in their congregation to say inspiring words during the service. And there are others who know that for their congregation it's vitally important, but they're going to be very careful you know, to, to utilize just a few minutes in order to do so. So again, I know these are guidelines and you're encouraging the rabbis to use them. We also have to laud the rabbis that are taking them seriously and considering everything. Uh, in, in all of this, and by the way, you know when you did when you presided over the uh, OU call with the Dr. Fauci, I don't even think he realized that you know as much as he has guidelines and suggestions for anybody, including you know houses of worship uh, around the country, and you know things he'd like to see implemented if in fact those homes, those houses are going to be open at any point. Um, I don't think he realized you know to what degree the rabbis. Um, that are reading these guidelines and taking the advice of the rabbinic decisors who we mentioned, I don't think he realized how seriously um, they are taking them. Uh, I, 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 so, I sort of wanted you to say to him, you know, Dr. Fauci, not only are we doing what you're recommending, we're going with Nimishurus Hadin to make sure to be overly prepared and overly cautious with, the member, with life and with the members of our community. Um, so I, I, I understand there was a value in that conversation. I don't know if, frankly, we needed it because I think we're going with Nimishurus Hadin following guidelines like this. I, I, uh, I think we did make the point that we, that we went beyond. We even had a little bit of a humorous exchange about when our initial guideline, we, we wanted people to be even more cautious than six feet. Right. We explained that that eight feet is the Jewish six feet because we like coming together so much. <laughs> <Very> um, <good. laughs> and uh, 
and uh, and but but uh, it, it actually I, I, I think I think it made a, a, a real a real difference to the community to hear him speak to us directly. Yeah, that's true. So that we were encouraged to do more. But yes, uh, <laughs> we 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 have gone in many ways with Sneem and Mishuras Hadin. And finally, uh, look, the the OU right now has launched a boot camp to train Balay's Fila before before the high holidays. I mean, this is. I never would have thought of this, and it's so valuable, and obviously this is the year that it's needed. There are going to be a lot of synagogues that have multiple services, that have never had multiple services before, but because of the configuration, the attendance, the expected population on the high holidays, uh, they have no choice but to split up or make it at different times, etc., and that means you're going to need a different roster of people or an additional roster of people to handle all the uh, leadership responsibilities when it comes to to the service. So the OU went ahead, and uh, I know that Cantor Yitzi Spinner is involved. There are a couple other names that I saw uh, that are doing this boot camp, trying to prepare as many people as possible to take on that role. And Rabbi Howard, I got to tell you, it, it, it's, you know, there are people who could just, you know, who could get, who can make it through, you know, the five, seven, eight, one high holidays. They can make it through. But knowing that proper nusach and proper guidance is being given for these people who are being tossed into this situation is really heartwarming. Yeah, no, it's a great thing, and there's been a been quite a response. Uh, Fifty-eight shuls have sent. Uh, wow, Bali Tefilo have uh, like a hundred and a hundred and something individuals, and you, you you understand it. One one person who organizes his shul said, in a regular year, they have one very big minion, right? And that means he needs two people for chakras and two people for Musaf, right. four people, and this year. They have to divide up into three, and that means he needs twelve people. Right. And even if those, even if those four people will be double teaming a little bit in, in his shul, at least it's not, it's not the same people doing it both days. So he has a little more depth, and he, he just need more people, and and people have to be prepared to that on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. No question. Some 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 have the knack; you could just throw them in there. Some have the experience, but it, 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 the halacha requires a person to prepare. You know, I, I've davened before the Amud for, 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 for many, many years, and I, I still don't just get up on Rosh Hashanah. I still go over it before one has to. It's a halacha that one has to prepare. Yep. And uh, people are taking advantage of this. It's a, it's a great program uh, that people can still find. You know, they can still find online, and it, it includes both the recordings and guidance and even an element of individual coaching uh, that's available. Uh, many people are taking advantage of it from many different places. I think we even have the shul in Dubai, right? In the spirit of the, what I'm sure you've been talking about. Sure. <laughs> they, uh, I think that they, they, they even signed up for it. Um, obviously, a leader like yourself uh, at the OU is going to be very familiar um, for, you know, for obvious reasons. You'll be very familiar with what's going on in the New York and New Jersey synagogues and how the community's handling the current situation is it ba- and you're down in Baltimore is it basically the same down there I mean the community is essentially uh you know at the same point and you know uh, th- the reopening is basically at the same pace as what we're going through up here I-, I think so I think so you know the shuls are are open with serious limitations many shuls have inside minyanin and right. outside minyanin and they're doing it with social distancing and masks you know keeping to the rules across the community the community and uh, for them. and that's it's, it's good it's good, it's good. <sighs> and thank God we 
I'll take this opportunity on uh, Rosh Chodesh Elul to wish you a Ksiva Chsimatova. Happy, healthy, and sweet New Year. It's going to be an interesting year, Rabbi Hauer. It's going to be a very interesting year for our community and for every community in this country, frankly, and around the world. Yeah. Because we don't know what's happening yeah. now. It's it's a sort of like an iffy period. We don't know if it, another wave is coming. Certain reports we're getting, you know, are discouraging. We don't know what kind of winter it's going to be. We don't know what our what our children in both elementary and high school is going to be going through. I mean, this is uh, a big. You know, you know. Yeah. One of the things we learned is you never. We learned during this whole episode is you never know what the next day is going to bring for real. Like you know, and God's in control. None of us are are in control of anything. But as it continues and continues to go along, it just becomes you know more more and more stressful to handle. Let's put it that way. I I, I agree. And if I could just say uh, to speak to that for for a moment, sure. uh, we spend so much time and so much effort dealing with the technicalities of making sure Rosh Hashanah Davening can happen. It's going to be in this space, that space, this page we're going to say, this page we're not going to say, uh, the timing and everything else. And for all the reasons that you just described, we have to make sure that we don't just pull this off technically well, mm-hmm. but that we are able to put the technicalities behind us at a certain point. We, we set them up so everything's safe and right, and then we can really daven. We can really daven because... You know, as Chazal say, everything is so uncertain, and it's really a time for serious and sincere prayer, and we hope that everybody's able to do it. Those who are doing it in their homes, those who are doing it in their shuls, those who are doing it in, 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 the, in the parking lots, that they're able to daven sincerely. Um, I also wanted to say, Nachum, that I was very happy to hear in your introductory words where you described that that you're able to play this role of community for for more people who are isolated during this time. It's so valuable, so important, and Hashem should give you the strength and the continued creativity and energy uh, to be able to be a source of community and chizuk for for all of us. I appreciate that very much. It's a time for community worldwide. Uh, We need each other. We crave each other's company, as you described earlier. <laughs> the six and eight foot social distancing <laughs> rule or an adjustment are a testament to that. And hopefully we'll get back there one day. But but such an important thing you said about uh, preparing for Rosh Hashanah now. Let's, let's hope we get there. We're making all these preparations. We're making all these technical adjustments. We're trying, as you described, to get into the right mood. Today, after all, is Rosh Chodesh Elul. Let's just hope we can get there. And, of course pull this off because we know that uh, some of the major holidays over the last six months we found ourselves you know isolated in our homes and not able to gather together in synagogue let's hope this plan works and we get there and that uh, god keeps us at least at this point hopefully even better but at least at this point we're able to gather together and be a community herby hauer a a uh, wishing you a lot of success in your role as executive vice president for five seven eight one and again wishing you a happy healthy and sweet new year and continue the uh, amazing leadership that the OU is having uh, both for the rabbis around the country and for the congregants around the country. Thank you, Nahum. Amen. And you should also have a clear one for one for year. Amen. Thank you so much. Thursday morning, it's Rosh Chodesh Elul here at JM in the AM. Shekhaya Kashimeod Harbehaya Li Achratiti Od Avalchekoshi Amiti Nitsav 
מתחיל לדעת מה חשוב עכשיו. לכן אמשיך להאמין בכל ליבי. השם שולח כל מה שצריך אני. יש לי הכל, כל, כל. Challenges have come my way I'm thinking over what I used to say Now I need to hold on to what I know inside That all that I need Hashem always provides Yes, Li Yaakov, come, come
Wrapping up with Derech Achim and the Piasetsa Nigun. Yeshli Akol was done by Ari Goldwag. Achenu Yisrael and Achim, Achim, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the world of web at NachumSiegel.com. On the Nachum Siegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Thursday here at JM and the AM. More details during the live lunch about our big contest from Aaron's Casino Farms and Aaron's West Orange. Congratulations to listener Rosenwasser. A member of the Rosenwasser family is the winner of our contest from an hour ago. We gave out the Target gift card. More contests coming up at 12 noon Eastern time right here at the Nahum Single Network during our live lunch. And more details about the massive contest that we're going to be drawing for during the final week of August. It's all coming up. Brand new material coming up, including brand new spin class with Michael Fragan at 9.30. Brand new Jew in the City Speaks with um, Allison Josephs at 10 o'clock. And brand new That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach between 10.30 and 11 right before the live lunch. Make sure to be tuned in. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Malcolm Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. (laughs) 